the stone triggers the trapdoor, which oddly enough is much larger now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you noticed that, huh? What's up, Internet? You're listening to the 16th episode of the Series 6 Podcast, where we review each and every episode of Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. We are your hosts. I'm R.D. And I'm Jay. And Dan Fiorella as the beaver. <laughs> Get ready to engage your hyperdrives. Oh, this is going to be an awesome episode. <laughs> yeah. This time around, we'll be reviewing episode 16 titled The Axe. But before getting into that, I have to show some reverence to our guest co-host, Mr. Dan Fiorella, as I'm sure our one listener is aware, was part of the Galaxy Rangers elite team of writers. They were like the SEAL Team 6 of, you know, the alphabet. So, <laughs> man, I'm just waiting for you to go somewhere with this. I don't know, man. Wait, a, wait a second. If you listen, if I'm the listener and now I'm on the show, does that mean I'm listening to myself now? That's about right. So, so Dad, how do you feel about being on the podcast? I, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Uh, I feel like uh, I'm going to be found out. My lack of uh, sci-fi cred is going to be exposed. <laughs> I am I am not a big sci-fi guy. Uh, frankly, my favorite sci-fi movie is Atmos Costello Go to Mars. And uh, <laughs> oh, <it's a> <laughs> and, and then they don't really go to Mars. They go to Venus. So, you know, so yeah. now I'm distraught. And now I, oh, they're can, a I fraud. can I never <laughs> right. trust a science fiction movie again? So. But it was I, all about, you know, it was all about girls, right? That's, oh, yeah. That's, that's what it was completely about. Always 1950s babes in the LeMay, gold LeMay bikinis. Yep. But, I, I mean, truthfully, I was not, I am not a sci-fi person. The fact that I wound up throating on this show is, is very odd to me still. That's a, You know what? We've done 15 episodes of pure sci-fi. We could use a little break. Okay. <laughs> so. Funny, I should have. Frankly, half the time you guys are talking, I'm sitting there going, what is that? What are they doing? <laughs> you know, we're doing like 80s pop culture references most of the time. I'm, I'm like, I think I heard of that one. Okay, that one sounds familiar. Yeah, G.I. Joe, that was a thing, right? Yeah. Prepare for some more because I, <laughs> I have some in this episode too. Oh, dear. So, Dan, I put the word out on Twitter requesting that people direct message me with questions for you. Oh. And boy, did I get results. Did you now? I wanted to leave some level of surprise, so I didn't name you specifically. <laughs> I vaguely said the questions were for a Galaxy Rangers writer. So, okay. as a result... So no Ad Hanuman attacks on me. Okay. No, no, nobody's attacking you. But as a result, I didn't get any Dan Fiorella-specific questions. But a metric crap ton of questions came in, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So... Now, as a bonus at the end of this episode, you told me and Jay the story of how you became a writer on our favorite space western. Yes, yes. So with that in mind, and in the interest of keeping the podcast from being overly long, I'll skip the questions that ask about that. Okay. But before we start the interview proper, there's uh, the small matter of the bribe, I mean prize, <laughs> that I offered listeners in, uh, in order to entice them into sending in questions. Oh, dear. Wait, what? <laughs> I... I Wait. No, well, it's it's you ha, you are under no obligation. Uh -oh. I, however, offered them a chance to win an original piece of um RD Blade artwork. Okay, okay. So, here's a list of uh people that sent in questions and as a result have a chance to win that stick figure I drew. 
<laughs> Excellent. And number one pencil. <laughs> Not even number two. That doesn't exist. It's a one pencil. It's like. So it's five, it's five people. Galanyu from Team España. Uh, Nocturnal Books, who gave us our first feedback. Ooh. Rabbi Bob, Series 6 podcast biggest enabler. <laughs> enabler, okay. <laughs> uh, Maria, Rangers superfan, also from Team España. And uh, Dual Mirror Grid Work. What? <laughs> also known as DMG. Okay. Thank goodness. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Now, he and I know each other because we've both been uh, listeners of the Transmissions podcast for many years. Mm. Oh, okay. And, okay. And he start, he he recently got into Galaxy Rangers and just discovered our podcast by accident. Get out, really? The best yeah. way, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Wait, this yeah, is so your like, friend who didn't know you were doing a podcast and then stumbles across it. Yeah. Weird coincidence. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I used a certain website to randomize their names okay. in no particular order. And uh, Dan, mm-hmm. as our guest of honor, mm-hmm. I'd like you to choose a number from one to five. One. The person you choose will win a special prize that consists of original artwork uh, by yours truly. It's uh, it's honestly like no other work I've done before, and I hope they enjoy it. Okay. Uh, I'll say number five. I gotta look at the picture I just took. <laughs> <laughs> Technology. I know. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. Let it be 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 me. You didn't even send any in. I mean, you can ask him now, though. Employee wait, employees wait, of the wait, podcast wait. are not eligible to enter the contest. <laughs> what? Uh, that's what? Bull, that's that's not correct. Because that's then not Rabbi cool. Bob wouldn't be eligible. <laughs> that's, that's not true. right. <laughs> well, it better not be him, man. I... It better not be. <laughs> no offense, Rabbi Bob, but come on. <laughs> Like it actually is. Oh is. come on! <laughs> That's great. My That's bad. Great. That's all right. We love no, you, no, Rabbi cool. Bob. You know what? Um, I, I actually owed him a disc because because he he damaged uh, one of his uh, his volume one discs. Oh, did he? Yeah, and I and I promised him I'd make a copy of one and mail it to him, and I never did. So like, then the other day I, I see on Twitter he 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 posted a picture that he just got it off eBay and stuff. I'm like, whoops. Oh boy. <laughs> Wait, why Congratulations. Do you... Congratulations, <laughs> Rabbi Robert. Why did he get it off eBay? It's cheaper to buy the whole set. Actually, I think he might have done that. He might have gotten the whole set. And now he has like a set that's short one disc, and he's looking to pawn it off on some fool. <laughs> Somebody else who had the other ones that are missing. All right. So first off, Dan, I'd like to know what you've been up to lately. Do you have anything you're working on or, you know, that you'd like to talk about? Uh, yeah, I, I, as I say, keeping, keeping alive the, uh, the writing dream. I've awesome. been, uh, yeah, I, I, I freelancing, I do comedy, so I do various things wherever it leads me looking for the funny. There's something I saw of yours, the Hollywood Minute? Hollywood Minute, yes. Uh, that's one thing I've been dealing with. This is a group in, uh, L.A., uh, T.I.M. Hollywood. And what they do is their gimmick is they put on a show, fresh show, every week. They'll do it for like a five-week stretch, take a break. Where they have like this really a remarkable cast of, of actors they bring in. They get they get to bring in some guest stars, some uh, people you'll know from TV or uh, TV stand-up or whatever. Even got musicals. They kind of run it like a little 
dare I say, Saturday Night Live. And uh, I've been submitting skits to them. They use them. And what they do, what they're also doing is then they put out a video once a week. Kinda. Once a week. Uh, Just, you know, doing like an update, a weekend update type of thing. Some jokes on on current events. So I submit to that. I submit sketches to them. What else? There's a website, uh, The Big Jewel. I um I contribute to them on occasion, on my prose pieces. They're their comedy website. All different authors all have amazing credentials on on there, and they'll just submit these little you know five hundred word knockoffs that they want to put out there. And what else am I? Doing? Well, the the thing is, I'm I'm always pushing. Uh, I I've written some books, so I I'm a, <laughs> between everything else and the day job. I've taken some of the things I've written over the years and novelized them. And uh, those are out there on uh, Amazon. One started with a uh, film script. It's a a Christmas noir story where this sort of down-on-his-luck private eye gets hired to find Santa Claus who's missing. That's called Lost Claus. And, (laughs) And the character worked out so well that I ended up bringing him back for two other stories. I had some other stories. I had some plans for him in the background for different things. And when I did the first book and I got some nice feedback and I sold some copies, I did a a follow-up where he investigates a missing missing persons that leads him into a uh, extraterrestrial mystery. That's called Space Case. And uh, last one was... uh, the spoof on the uh, murder she wrote, Cozy Mysteries, uh, which it, uh, the the famous writer hires my detective Nick Fleber to protect her because every time she visits someplace, people die. <laughs> so great. she wants like to that. try to prevent that. It came out very nice. It's a, they're, they're more novellas, uh, and that one's the author in the first. And then I there's a short story. It was part of a uh, a bunch of writers got together and did a bunch of uh, loves uh, love themed stories. Uh, raised a, a, an anthology for uh, charity, uh, a group to, for literacy, and I ended up writing a short story for this detective, and they were Nick Flubber too, uh, he, where where Cupid goes missing. So that's uh, uh, Cupid is as Cupid does. Nice. I have a book. Those are clever titles. Oh, thank you. That's half the reason I write the book is to come. Is coming up with a good title. It's like, <laughs> why bother? <laughs> we talk about Halloween. I I have a Halloweenies book. That's oh, that's the one with my little uh, Galaxy Ranger Easter egg. Uh, it's about the story of a ten year old who's oh. really into getting the perfect costume, and so it's his adventures trying to raise the money to get the costume and a lot of stuff from uh, my childhood that I worked in there and different Halloweens over the years. And he has a little sister who can't decide if she wants to be a princess or a Galaxy Rangers uh, space cadet type of thing. So I, nice. originally it was some other, like it just said, you know, astronaut. I said, ah, what the heck? Make it, make it, I want to be a Galaxy Ranger. Awesome. And my finally, my big, my, my tome, my, my big novel called uh, Novel Concept is a, a book, a comedy. These are all comedies, by the way. And uh, it's these adventures of this young writer who decides he wants to write a, a, a best-selling, bodice-ripping, 
heartthrob novel, but he doesn't know anything about that stuff. So he decides he's going to travel the world to learn how to live the jet setter's life. So he stows away on a boat and then he just has a series of wacky adventures as he's attempting to expand his range from his where from the book he's supposed to be writing about the the uh pony express and uh, he just has all these international adventures it's just very episodic very goofy but it's it, i gotten some really nice nice feedback on that one so always out there plugging trying to get people to buy them books and they're available on amazon amazon yeah amazon.com Cool. I think that's kind of where we are. Most people can't say I've written a book. You said I've written some books. That's impressive. <laughs> that's <laughs> enough. That's enough, man. Well, I'm very old. You have to understand. <laughs> it's and well, I've had all the. I mean, these are stories. These are things I've written over the years: screenplays, and and then spinoffs, and the TV scripts and whatnot. And so it, it's like cumulative work. It's cumulative, and it's like I. How else am I going to get out there? You know, it's a very yeah. Hollywood's a very n- tough nut to crack. And when they invented this whole Kindle publishing, I'm like, you know, I've got these stories. I want to put them out there. You know, what? A, regardless of format. And I just sat down and I I did the one. And I'm not saying I'm an, an amazing writer. But they came out good because writing prose is totally different from writing screenplays and scripts. It's different muscles. So it, it did take a while to start catch footing. And like you say, since you're converting, you're adapting the story from a from both a, a visual medium into strictly prose. It gets kind of tricky. And some of it's like, how do I save these gags? And how do how can I get rid of or what What do I have to lose? Or how can I rework it? So. I, I can keep as much as humor as I can, and then kind of have to expand the plots because uh, film scripts are not nearly as wordy as uh, even a novella, which is like you know supposed to be a couple of thousand words, and so you got to sit there and and kind of re recreate the thing from scratch. So you're using all sorts of muscles, but I've been very satisfied. And it, it, as I said it's just nice getting my work out there. For somebody to look at, not just family members. <laughs> to me, the idea of getting re- getting strangers to read my stuff is the the, the level of success I'm looking for. Because yeah, I can only I can't get family members to read my stuff. <laughs> no, you, you can't. You After a while, they exactly just you either. Yeah, mine either. They're like, no, stop. <laughs> okay, you know, after one or two times, and after that, I don't like. Oh, <laughs> briefly, I did stand up. And it's all one of those deals where it's like I have to bring the bringer shows. You got to bring like five friends. <laughs> and after the third show, the, you can't get five friends who want to go sit through this thing again. So that's wow. That's, that's, that's so that's the trick is to get to make, be able to make that next leap where strangers will, will read your stuff and look at your mm-hmm. performance because you can't depend family members. I don't have that many. They're not going to make me rich. So that's true. <laughs> like um. You know, we've heard this joke before. Yes. Yeah. Didn't you do that already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, moms are pretty interesting, too. You're like, yeah, that's sweet, baby. That's great. That's great. That's so good, babe. That's cute. That was very cute. Yeah, that's, nice. that's very nice, though. It's supposed to be gritty. What are you talking about? Oh. 
So yeah, that, that's what you keep doing. Keep hacking, like I say. You, know, you, know, you just keep following things, and you wind up working on Galaxy Rangers. You wind up working on Crack Magazine. You wind up working on some right-wing uh, uh, conservative uh, website for what? <laughs> yeah, I did. What does that mean, dude? You know, if, if I'm not mistaken, you're a lefty just like me. <laughs> I I am. But it, okay. it was like it's one of those Craigs, Craigslist things. Need a comedy writer for a uh, conservative web, website. And I'm like, you know what? This is like a test. Can, can I do this? And they did. It was the same thing, like an update. They tried to make fun of the news. That's funny by itself. And I, I, I did it for a number of years. I was, a, I was able Whoa. to do it. Well, so you, you look for the funny, you look for the current events, and frankly, it's, it was a little easier. Because, well, I'm going to say other writers seem to have better... I won't say... Uh, let's just say other writers like, wah, 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 Obama. Ha, 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 ha. You know, that, that was their punchline. So yeah. <laughs> to actually find humor... Because there's some things. I mean, you know, the, the left isn't exactly... Uh, error free. They have some things you can goof on. So, oh yeah. So that was it. Finding not just make up stuff and goof on it, but then this is back. So this is when Bush was uh, W was president, and then into mm. Obama. So it was like you couldn't make. They wouldn't take any jokes about the recession because right. oh we're not in a recession. So there was a certain level of denial. Finally, wow. uh, I forget. I ended up on a phone call with the guy who produced it, and he finally figured out I'm not conservative. <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, I don't think we'll be needing your material anymore." So I basically got fired. That's amazing. That's pretty funny. That's <laughs> pretty funny. That. But that was it. But hey, I pulled it off for quite a number of years, and the checks cleared. So uh, nice. It was good. I got some. You know, I got some jokes. Uh, jokes are jokes. You know, if you're looking for the funny, you got some of that wingnut money. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> hey, so yeah, like I said, the checks cleared. The kids went. With, Kids got their braces. We're we're all good. Excellent. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Okay, I'm gonna ask uh, some of the questions from from our uh, from our top five. Okay. <laughs> from the losers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is like this is gonna the, it's gonna seem like nepotism. <laughs> okay, like we like we set it up to give it to Rabbi Bob. Wow. <laughs> all right. Fix, fix. Look. Hey, 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 guys! Whoever you know, you guys that didn't win, um, it's it's not that good. <laughs> it is a stick figure. Actually, it is a stick figure. <laughs> Next time will be a, he'll put his hand down and make a turkey out of that one. <laughs> I don't know if the listeners know you actually draw, man. That's such a problem. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I mean, they they've been to the website. It's come up on the show. That's true. All right. Uh, Let's get to the question. The question. Man. The first question is from Galanyu. His question is why, uh, why did the series have so many writers? That one was answered in the yes epilogue, little bonus yeah. uh, thing that we did. So I'm going to skip to the next question, okay. which is he asked, "How would you end the series?" Oh, how would I end the series? How oh, would you end yes. the series? That would be all great. right. Yeah, this was uh, all right. Yeah, this was never really a dis- discussion. I mean, it was so much about setting up the world. We never envisioned an end game, but. Uh, I mean, obviously, it would be them finding uh, Zachary's wife and restoring restoring her uh, life essence to the body, and then blowing up the Queen's home planet, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> Which you never see. 
I don't think you ever see that. We always going out. Uh, I'm trying to remember if there's one if they go deep inland. But yeah, they were always on. They always had to be on the outlier. It was a very powerful. She had a very powerful empire. What was that planet Purple Haze in Mind Nut? Oh, wasn't that a ship? They were on like a purple rocky planet where uh, Kilbane like demonstrates his powers on yeah. on some column. That's right. Okay. Then she does force lightning. Oh. The queen's a dark Jedi. Oh my god, I never saw that before. <laughs> That was, I can't recall if we see our home planet, but they just, I remember there was a map, a drawer and a map, and the queen's planet was just centered in it. They just had like tentacles reaching out towards Earth. Like, so the empire was very strong, very vast, and she was in the middle of it. So I don't know how, I can't remember how close we got to the home planet. Okay. But that, that sounds like that would have been a big, you know, season, series ending epic two hour movie. There we go. Yeah. There we go. That would have been cool. Um, okay, so next question from him was, did anybody did anybody consider what would be the result of combining Nico and Guzman's genes? Like, wouldn't it create a new type of super trooper? Combining how? In a Petri dish? And... I, I think it might be a <laughs> roundabout way of asking a shipping question. <laughs> <laughs> well, being amazingly G-rated, uh, we... We couldn't even let Buzzwang plug his electronic figure into a open uh, port on a computer. So, you know, that was considered. <laughs> That's so, hilarious. Uh, I but mean, considering it's because of all the gyrating he does afterwards. Oh, yes. It was, uh, it was way too much. His name alone, man, says it. <laughs> but okay. uh, there was no, no, there, there was no, there was no talk of combining rangers. And uh, outside of the occasional, you know, oh, goose. There, no, there was, there was not a lot of gotcha. goosing going on. I'm sure there was a lot of goosing going on. <laughs> this next question is from Nocturna Books. Nocturna Books would like to know uh, what you can tell us about the background of the Queen of the Crown. Like, we know so little about her. We'd like to know how old she is and where was she born, oh. etc. Ooh, okay. Uh there was a uh, was a Bible of the series, but I don't recall him getting deep into anything prior. The queen was the empress, the, well, the queen. Uh, she had a vast empire. As I said, there was a map which showed it stretching out. She had this, this power source with the crystals. But as for details and origins and all, I, I don't remember us bringing it up. Uh, it didn't come up, you know, back then origins weren't that big, you know, a villain. Oh, villain. We got a villain. And, you know, the, just coming up with the name villain and, uh, bringing him back, they needed, yeah, they just needed the ultimate, uh, villain of MacGuffin to have the Rangers fight against. Uh, there was not a lot of discussion on background. Okay. And, uh, her minions, are they robots? The Slaver Lords. I mean, the... The Crown Troopers. Oh, I thought those were the... Oh, I didn't study for this exam. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think they were more like... For some reason, I want to say they're more like Storm Troopers. Okay. Uh, just because, you know, she's got to have some human followers. Or, or yeah. humanoid followers. So I think those uh, guys were 
Whoa. That I believe. I think that we were that, that we were. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you probably heard heard me speculate about this in previous episodes. Yes, but... and I, I've I've speculated about it myself. Yeah, because they have those. They have these robot voices, like robotic voices, mm-hmm. like computerized sounding. Right. And right. I'm like, that's just to that's just to throw us off the scent. Ah, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things. Like until we were forced to actually, I I gotta say. I mean, there were some things thought out, and he obviously pitched this and everything, and and knew where a lot of things were going. But a lot of this was, you know, like... uh, Flying by the seat of your pants writing? Dine and dash type of thing, where it's like, get in, write it, get out, get on to the next one. Uh, Gotcha. Going back to the number, you know, why there were so many writers, there was a a time crunch. We, We couldn't dwell too much on certain things, and it was always, we gotta get ready for, we gotta get the next script. So okay. uh, I think the first season was just kind of we needed to get it done. So I don't know. So a lot of things, maybe if we'd gotten a second season, we could have, you know, did a little more uh, deep, deep background. Plus, there was so much to set up in this world. Just yeah, the, the, it's, the broad it's a brushes. It's dense world. It is. It's a remarkably dense and complicated world with multiple villains and the idea that. And with one thing that gets lost, I forget now if we discussed this in the that's going to be the the end part uh the earthlings the whole premise was the earthlings were still new at space travel deep space travel and so there was always the idea that this is you know the first time they're doing a lot of stuff so we were learning as uh, they uh, they as us were learning as we went along so okay. uh it was just get but in the first season it was just get them into uh adventurous situations and uh get them out, and then reset for the next show. So everybody's supposed to be like a rookie, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Here's a couple of questions from Maria. She wants to know how an episode is made. You did answer that in the in the yeah, bonus right. we material. Right, we did touch on it, yeah, because it, it was a little different than normal. She has like specific uh, script-type questions. She wants to know if the script is written and then, uh, and then the characters are chosen, or is a script written specifically for characters? Yes. He had, we were handed, I think I mentioned this, there was a, as part of that Bible I keep talking about, he had a series of, I forget if he had all 64, but he had log lines, like a brief description. This is what this episode should be about. And we could go through it and pick one that interests us and go off and write it. Okay. But it was, I mean, unless he, if he mentioned who was in it, sometimes he didn't. He would just mention, just say, uh, at the, you know, oh, there's a planet that has uh, star stones on it. That was our big MacGuffin, the star stones. Yep. And uh, it, then it was on the rider. We would choose what characters we wanted to cast in it. Uh, that's why me and my uh, sometimes writing partner, John Rollins, we would cast offbeat. Everybody wanted to do Zach. Everybody wanted to do Goose. What? Everybody wanted to do Zach? What? Well, he was the lead. Eyebrows? Come on. Yes. yes. <laughs> Blow things up, he man. Was the, yeah, he's a space uh, cop but, with a so, bionic arm that shoots lasers. Yeah, so him and Goose, they were, they, they were, the, they were the alpha males. So we would tend to uh, take some of the lesser things. That's why some <laughs> our episodes tend to feature uh, Buzzwang. Mm-hmm. Not because of the name. <laughs> 
No, well, it, no, it was it was an innocent time. It was, it was only the eighties, right, 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 right. <laughs> so we would, I mean, to the point where we, like minor characters would get uh, my friend John wrote a whole episode that introduced you to more of a Waldo's people, okay. uh, the the uh, Kiwi kids. Like, oh my uh, god, he went, he, yeah, he did that. Yeah, like, yeah, I remember that one. They get slightly introduced, and he's like, I'm. He took them and he ran with it. Uh, or the the, the the yeah any of the, the kid characters we 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 thought our way of getting some recognition was to deal with some of the characters that other people weren't dealing with so and because both of us uh, tended to write a little more comedically mm-hmm. we were going to take the characters who we thought could actually deliver a line I mean Doc's a natural oh my goodness yes, yes. all day Nico Nico is a good straight and. To us, Nico and Doc working together was like a nice team. I, I liked their uh, the chemistry together. I ended up using we ended up using them a couple of times. Yeah, I actually liked or, them in this episode. They were, they were a good team. They were. Yeah, I, I did. That's so. Uh, and it was like, uh, oh, well, I mean, she was the natural because archaeology that was her that was part of her backstory. She was uh, a space archaeologist. And very much Doc was uh, the rookie here. I have him. I try. I wrote him a lot more, like what is where am I type of attitude about him. But uh, yeah, he, he was kind of snapping off the one-liners and making little little uh, snarky remarks. Yep. So he he was a he was a fun character to work with. That's why I love like those episodes that did go with the characters that weren't like Goose and. And eyebrows, anyways. So <laughs> just, it's just because I mean, I think it, it actually added some um, depth to the the actual series that way too. Yeah, it it kind of rounded the show out. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like I say, we had sixty four episodes. You had that many characters, you'd be crazy not to use them. Yeah, I mean, it would be silly. And uh, and he did give us a lot of range. Onto the uh, tones we could do, you know, so there was some very serious sci-fi things, very dramatic stuff. Uh, I feel like we were, I was kept writing the uh, comic relief episodes. Yeah, he would. So he handed out. We kind of casted it. We would write it, hand it in, submit it, and get some notebacks on it. And uh, like I, the the acts had a lot of. Notes. This was my first script for them. So this is me figuring it out. Them trying to figure out what I can do. This went in for a lot of rewrites before I started to get a handle on this thing. And, uh, yes, and then we get the notes. They would, I think we mentioned this in, but as part of the episode was make, they would then make the animation, uh, ship it over to Japan, and then they would voice it afterwards. So the hmm. actors, the voice actors were actually trying to sync up with the uh, lips. It's more like they were doing uh, Foley work and... Uh, post-production dubbing that's cool so that was a little that that he acknowledged i remember saying that seems weird he goes no yeah that's a little backwards but again they had to get the stuff it was it was quicker for them to draw the the drawing would take up the most time so it's like let them start drawing it we can stick in the voices later so as i said it was was dialogue changed as a result of uh, the way it was animated uh, not that I recall. I mean, things got rewritten. Okay. Certainly, I would hand in stuff, and even in the episode, the acts, we uh, there were some things I was like when I saw it for the first time, going, 
<laughs> but it wasn't just a matter of you know some a different line he's reading. There was actual action to go with it. So uh, okay. it was rewritten, animated, and as far as I know, I never had a situation where he changed dialogue after uh, you know the, the episode was produced okay. or drawn as it were. Here's a one more from Maria. She says, besides marketing, what do you think went wrong in the U.S. that kept the show from being a resounding success? Uh, like in Germany, home video was pretty successful. In the U.K., the comics. And in France, the figures and toys were pretty successful. Uh, it was, I, we just, we got hammered in the ratings. It was just, a, there was a lot of things that year. Everyone, all of them were attached to some sort of uh, merchandise. Right. And we were coming out of left field. Uh, not a big studio. We didn't have anything in the stores. Like the market, there was some attempts to market later on, but uh, as it was kind of before it was officially canceled. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, it comes down to, to ratings. It's just not enough people watching it. I'm trying to remember because in. Uh, yeah, New York, it was on in mornings. So I don't even know. That's when kids are getting ready for school. Yeah, I mean, like, um, there was a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of cartoons and stuff that, that was out during that time. And mm -hmm. there were few channels. <laughs> there weren't that many channels. Yeah, well, that's it. There was, yeah, there's always something hotter or, or sexier coming along. Uh, was that the year Ghostbusters was out? Um, which one? I think so. Which one? The, the I, filmation. The real both of them came out right? the same year. Filmation and the real Ghostbusters. Yep. I think they both came out that year. It was just like, and those just like sucked the air out of the room. Well, I know that here in in the Northeast, or at least in Massachusetts, they launched Ghostbusters and Galaxy Rangers the same time. So they were showing this new lineup they were doing, and Ghostbusters was one of the new lineups with Galaxy Rangers. They did it like oh, a channel thirty eight, right? Yeah, channel thirty eight. They did like that Sunday night preview of what the new cartoons are going to be coming out on channel. 30. Oh, so they're on the same channel. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Ah, see, the syndication. Those two shows. I think we were there. I think in New York they were kind of against each other. Okay. I remember the I remember the Ghostbusters being in the afternoon, and uh, Galaxy Rangers were in the morning. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like I said, it's, they, he had. He might not even have had enough coverage. I thought he, I thought I remember them saying that they had, because when you're syndicated, you got to make sure you're in enough markets across the country. And if he was a little shy of a you know full coverage, didn't matter what the ratings were, you still were missing major markets. So some cities may not have seen it at all. So that that I can't speak to. And it's not like you know everything was written and we were just waiting, and one day we just got a call because he was even he even prepped a couple of scripts. In case it was a season two, there, there's a couple of scripts written that he had sitting in the vault. If we got to go ahead, so he could start two quicker and not be under that time of that t same time crunch he had. But uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you can point to one thing. It just uh, it was sort of an orphan child. Everyone else had big uh, corporate backing, and the, this was the little guy. This is the indie. This is the guy coming out. This is the David coming out there and. There are just too many Goliaths. Yeah, but it was there was nothing else like it. There wasn't. Oh, no, no. And I think like uh, 
it wasn't able to find its uh, audience until it was already gone. I think, yeah, I think that's uh, that's the case. Because it was still always out there. Because I remember seeing ads for, you know, back when the VHS home video, they, I remember seeing ads for, like, Best Of. And so there was always some sort of uh, home video market that was kicking around. Never, never the whole thing, just, like, certain episodes. Mm. And then finally they came out with the... Uh, the DVD the, sets? The, the two box sets with all extras and stuff. So that was like a real acknowledgement. I think at that point, that's acknowledgement that they realized there was a market out there for for a good DVD collection because there must have been enough uh, interest. Uh, they wouldn't have done it if there wasn't any interest or any chance of getting their money back. So uh, Jay actually let me know that the DVDs existed. I think, no, you you sent me the DVD set. I did. It was a, uh, one of your... Yeah, wedding gift. It was a wedding gift. Oh. I'm sure she loved that. She did. Well, she got she got she one of something too. She did. I got them both. <laughs> she got a that she was... got a pink Xbox controller. Yep. There you go. <laughs> she loved that. It, you know what's really interesting is my wife was totally against it. Man. She was like, she's like, I believe what? you. She was like, what? I... She's like, that's not a gift. I was like, babe, trust me, I'm I'm doing this. <laughs> I find I find that hard to believe that. The wife would not be on us. Hey, this is one situation where you were right, Jay. I know, man. I knew I was right. <laughs> I'm always right until I'm wrong. <laughs> There's no way to tell until after. Exactly. Exactly. I apologize later. <laughs> okay, so here's a, here's a couple of questions from... Uh, he asked a lot of questions. Uh, DMG? Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to give you a couple of them because uh, we want to get to the episode. We don't want to be here all night. We would. Okay, so he asked about the AI. Uh, GB? This Is this going to be one of those get-a-life situations here? <laughs> no. with the William Shatner? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awesome. Well, In episode 53, uh, you had... You know, uh, DMG is known. He, he's famous on uh, on the Transmissions podcast. For doing deep dives, oh, like he, oh, when he, he when he has a passion for something, he he goes all in. So <laughs> you called it, you called it, dear. <laughs> uh, he asks about. He says GB has been in Zach's house, and then later uh, in the ship he flies. So are the AIs backed up somehow, or are they unique pieces of software that just you know they can only be in one place? That's not. Uh, I, I mean, it's a good question. I I do not have an answer for that. Because uh, the the home model was very much a a, a a mothering type. Yes. Yeah, I was I was watching out for the kids and all. And now I'm really stretching to remember some of this stuff. But yeah, I remember it was you know she she was running the house in in absence of the mom. So I I really don't know how what the logistics of that were though. What the actual technical thing is for that is the same basics and do they have like the the work version and the home version mm. I, I cannot say okay the pro uh, version <laughs> the shareware <laughs> shareware gb that's right so uh i will say the whole backup thing i can answer some of that kind of sort of for myself please do okay because um if you recall there was an episode where um goose was getting rid of the ship, and um, his little AI went down with the ship. She flew the ship on, 
Alma. And he was yeah. like, yeah, he got her back, right? Remember that? Oh, he said, right. He said, so he said, he's like, I'll see you sometime. He's like, okay. She's like, okay. See you. Oh, so that's interesting. So if he lost her, if he went back to wherever they kept the backup, yep. it, it would not have any memory. I don't know. Of the ship crashing. Of that event, of the fish sh- yeah. Yeah, ship crashing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was episode four, Chained. Yep. And even then, because it's like, you know, and, and transmission in space, I know, and, and they always make it look, oh, we can talk instantaneously. But the distance is covered. There's no way. I mean, when you no think about way. how long it takes to get photographs from Mars to here. Yep. Yep. There's, you know, those back and forth conversations. Just So this is a lot of this is what what we would have to refer to as, you know, poetic license and uh, suspension and, of disbelief and suspension. Of the, you yeah. just these things really couldn't happen the way we're prepared but for the story being more important than the technology behind it we have to do what we have to do and uh for 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 like story purposes if there was a reunion of zach and that his uh ai it would have to be that the ai would have to acknowledge the the loss and uh it would have to be written that way to make it work as a scene we just can't come back to you know oh oh we're rebooted in this no AI or version of AI doesn't remember what they went through in that adventure. So, uh, yeah, anytime, anytime that comes up, you always default to uh, character over technology. Right. And you, or you, and you bend the technology to make sure the characters can interact and have a, a and that there is some sort of relationship there. Okay. Good stuff. So, it, it's, so sometimes you, you find yourself, you kind of have to like reverse engineer an explanation for what you're doing because the story needed that to do. And when you're in, in sci-fi, you can kind of, you know, techno-babble your way through something. Yep. Here's another question from DMG. Mm-mm. I like this one, actually. Um, did they ever say what the lower number of Ranger were like? Uh, I think he means like the recipients of the Series 1 through 4 implants. They're, oh. They're dead? Because <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> they self-destructed. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> this implant will self-destruct. <laughs> Why'd you put it well, there? I don't understand. Why'd you put it there? <laughs> yeah, first was lo- location, location, location. <laughs> uh, you know, I yeah, I don't know if they ever hinted that they might. Well, what is that? The one episode where he, Goose kind of has to capture one of his, another one of his, the implants. Um, this super troopers. Super troopers. Yeah. Now we never really discuss whatever happened to the, the other test models. Yeah. I guess that's something we that would have yeah that would have been a fairly dark episode too if we had done that but yeah. Uh, yeah no I don't I don't remember any discussion about that but yeah I, I could easily envision us getting that to some point but man that would be a dark episode I mean it could just be like you know old people with like mechanical parts on them you could do it go that route but st- you know they retire it's not a happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you know oh, this is you know seven up what would happen to seven you know one through six up. Yeah, exactly. uh, You know, that's uh, human experimentation, man. It's not really typical cartoon fodder. Well, you know, the Super Troopers alone were human experimentation. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. But oh yeah, these and these are the ones that didn't work so good. It's like that scene in uh, what Aliens Four, where she walks into the lab and sees all the clones of herself. Like, oh. All right, so I'm gonna skip over to Rabbi Bob. He's the last of the. The questioners. The winner. Kind of sort of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, 
my goodness. He has like a whole bunch of bullet points. Oh my goodness. Like maybe 10 bullet points. And then underneath the last of the 10 bullet points, then it says question two. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's several question marks in, in those other bullet points. He's like, question within a question within a question. Questions like that have to go with a beer and, and a meal. <laughs> a beer and a meal, and then you can ask those questions. He was in my website. Oh, jeez. Now I cannot explain the 25th anniversary cover of The Plague. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, you did read it. <laughs> uh, so he, he went, oh, God. Uh, yeah, The Plague was the humor magazine that was begun when I was at NYU. So that's uh, 77, I want to say. 77, they kind of got it started. I was with it from 78, 79. And, uh, you know, right after, right after the, you know, the national, with the success of the National Lampoon, every, every college decided they needed a humor magazine. And only none of us were really what we would call mainstream writers. So, but it it kept going. And then, uh, for the 25th anniversary, the, uh, the staff at the time would contacted a bunch of the, uh, former people and invited us to submit stuff. So I wrote a piece for him, sent it in, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what the deal was with that cover. It's a college kid sitting on a stoop with a diaper and a pacifier. Okay. Kids today and their wacky humor. <laughs> right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you question two point nine. Okay. <laughs> Where's he go with this? Uh, oh, these are leading questions. He knows the answers to some of these. Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's he's one of the most knowledgeable people about uh he's scary knowledgeable yeah about everything I should say um okay, okay so he wants to know what was your inspiration for Roy McIntyre uh he feels like the perfect blend of Blazing Saddles Gabby Johnson and the Teddy Bear <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah the old the Gabby Johnson old westerns like I said I came into here he was a great he was he was a fun character to create. And the fact that I got to do him, like right out of the box, was was amazing. I just just decided he was my comic relief. Uh, I wrote my wrote a little song that got in there. I was like, it's that's when I started to realize once I was like, oh, we can pretty much do anything. Oh, so you wrote that song? Okay. Yeah, because I I ask about it in the you know as we go through the episode. Okay. Yeah. No. yeah, I wrote that. He was, yeah, he was a, a typical, stereotypical Old West prospector. He rem- he reminds me of the prospector that uh, locked the Brady Bunch up in there. <laughs> <laughs> in that family, in that family. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Stinky Pete from um, <laughs> also Toy Story. <laughs> well, we already used Stinky, Stinky Pete, Pete in the previous ripped, episode. He he ripped us off because we did. He did. Stuff. That's true. Oh, okay. That's true. <laughs> okay, so... Sorry, Rabbi Bob, we're not going to do all your questions. <laughs> but I'm real. He's like, the, 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 what does the plague have to tie into Galaxy Rangers history? We named the creatures the Plagueups. Oh, yeah. In uh, the one with the invasion of Beta Mountain. Yeah. We had to come up with an alien race. We just named it the Plagueups since John Rollins was also on the plague at NYU. And we just, that was our salute back to our college humor magazine. Oh. Good stuff. But he knew that. He would never ask that question unless he knew the answer. What is he, a lawyer or something? Uh, 
his final question is uh, he'd like to know how you've managed to put up with him for all these years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, distance makes the heart grow fond. <laughs> uh, shout out Rabbi Bob. What's up, buddy? All right, man. Enjoy Denver, man. Yeah. Safe travels. He even has an optional question. He's crazy. <laughs> it's like a nesting doll of questions. He has. Yes. <laughs> I'll save these for another time. My goodness. Dinner and a drink, oh, man. No. Dinner and a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, where was I? I was starting to tell a story, and uh, uh, what? What do you want? How I how I got involved and do that? Or? Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. What? All right. So let's see. I'm out of college. Seventy nine. What year did it broadcast again? I'm sorry. Sound like it was eighty six. Eighty six. All right. So I was. I've been knocking around, doing other things, working. I work at a brokerage house downtown Manhattan, and I see an ad in the paper. I can't remember now. It was Village Voice or the New York Times, and it was something a little, and I have it saved somewhere, but I'm not going to go digging for it. But it says something like, Writers Wanted, uh, animation show, send resume samples to, and some Chinatown address. So I responded. I had a uh, a radio script me and John Rollins had written in college. It was a for, for radio thing. It was the closest. I it was a superhero parody. So well, this is kind of like sci-fi. Sent it in. Got interviewed for the job, and uh, they assigned me a script. I was like, whoa! And it was so weird because he, he Robert Mandel is like sitting there. I'm sitting in an office over something in Chinatown some laundry or restaurant or something and they would and they had uh it was they were they were assembling this team it was like late i'm sorry you said it was 86 86 all right so could have been 85 then right they are now it's into 85 and we're now writing he's now got to write 64 episodes in like three months, four months, get him to the animators and have him ready for broadcast in the fall of 86. It was nuts. So that's why he was, he was hiring a lot of writers. Some of it was his point. That was one of the things he, he once at least told us, oh, I'm sorry, he never like did credits per episode. They do a block of credits at the end and it's the same names and some of the people who only wrote one-offs never got mentioned so that always kind of stunk and the uh internet movie database credits aren't necessarily accurate either i know i've, I've gone on there and tried to update what i could and sometimes they get changed back so that's frustrating i, I haven't even checked them in a while but he, he goes in there and i'm realizing he's got all these props and these things and it's a big fold out that all the stuff they're going to be using to sell it to the different stations and I'm like sitting there going, oh, my God, I am in so over my head. Because like I said, I'm not a sci-fi person. And uh, he's like explaining this in the galaxy and the hyperdrive and all these space creatures are going to deal with. And then he pulls out and the, the, you kind of hinted at this. He, get, he he pulls out this one character he's telling about is this wizard, space wizard. And he's going to do this and that. You've, you've touched on him. And uh, he goes, and this is his assistant. 
Larry. <laughs> and I'm going, excuse me? No, this is assistant, Larry. And I go, Larry? He goes, yeah, Larry. And at that point, I said, I can do this. <laughs> if he can name his wizard's assistant Larry, I can I can handle this. And he was awesome. he was so cool about because he let he was he was so desperate for material, and he had such a solid group of writers who were heavily sci-fi that I felt. And we, we, these were all all the plots we were given. This is stuff they had knocked out. So he would assign us. Oh yeah, here's here's a pitch for an episode. Go and write it. Here's a pitch for an episode. Go write it. But he let us, and until the point where he was comfortable enough, where we were able to like pitch our own episode ideas, and he let us go nuts. On at once we settled into the getting the characters and all. Uh, certainly, me and uh, John Rollins, we wrote writing a part and together. We would always pick like you guys. Everyone's into Goose. Everyone's into, you know, uh, uh, the commander who's I'm blanking out. Zachary, Zachary Fox. Fox. Yeah, I worked on the show, and uh, yeah. Was, so everyone's grabbing, going after the same characters. So we, because we're so contrarian, we would start focusing on characters they weren't, and that's why we but we do a couple of buzz wangs. We just he was our. He was our uh, comic go-to. boy, go-to guy. We did oh, the episodes with Doc. We we would do. I, we, we love Doc, by the way. Just oh, he, he was a joy. He was he was a kicker to write for. Oh man! man. And have you heard some of our, have you heard some of our episodes about Doc? Say again. Have you heard what we've said about Doc? Yes, I've right. heard about the yes, like yes. A- angry Doc. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, here's the thing that you don't know, and it got lost because, like, again, they just hand us a Bible. And they tell us uh, this, that, and the other thing. And one of the things they pushed, they put in there, and it was something we would try to write in there, but it didn't always come over, is that essentially everybody here, they're newbies. This is the first group of rangers to get out there in space. So a lot of this is supposed to be new to them. And we kind of wrote Doc as the most, not, I want to say naive, but just like the most open to like what the heck is going on here yeah. and uh so and some of that gets lost because we would actually have lines of dialogue that would talk about how this is like oh i've never seen anything like this before and uh we, we kind of lost that they did become a little more sounding a little more jaded because everyone just got right into the format we just kind of forgot the build up to it and we just like this is how it is right so, I was actually going to ask you about the the, the show Bible. Uh, do you still have yours? Uh, it's somewhere in the house. Yes. All right. It's uh, maybe packed in the attic or something. But I, I had some. Uh, yeah, I, I saved all my scripts. I I still have the scripts on the old floppy disks. Because I was used. I all well, I bought my first computer with the first like check. The five and a quarter inch. Really? Yes. I bought was oh, it floppy, the floppy disks that were actually floppy. Yes, they are. They, they <laughs> could wiggle them like uh, to make them look flop up and down. And I, with my first check, I ran out because I was typing the first script. I was literally cutting and pasting scripts together. And with my first check from them, I went out and bought an Atari uh, writer, this oh, word processor, word processor for Atari built. Plugged it into the back of the portable TV I kept in the bedroom. 
And that's how, and I had to like develop my own template for script writing because that was never built to do that. Right. And that's how that's, that's oh, how. Dude, I can, I, I can tell you well. I, I wrote. Uh, was it Adam? Yeah, it was ColecoVision Adam. I had a ColecoVision Adam that I was writing stuff for us on back in high school. Because I could, you know, computers were expensive. I was like, no way. Oh, what's but that face? I wrote stories for some of my other friends in high school. It was, it was actually a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah. They used, to, they used to print them up. It would take like 10 minutes per page. <laughs> I know. You, it was, Dot it matrix. Shaped, Dot matrix was, printer right, I had. It would shape my dresser because it was on one of my, <laughs> my dresser. So and, and I couldn't do it at like, you know, at night. I would type, I would write it at night, but I couldn't print it until like everybody was awake in the house because it was so loud. It was <laughs> loud. It took forever. And my mom would kill me if I ran in the middle of the night. So. <laughs> Uh, it was crazy. I was just right, and I couldn't turn it off either because I couldn't get it to save. To like, it had saved on something like um a cassette tape. Oh yes, yes. I that I was looking. Right. I got the I got the floppy, the separate floppy drive. Right. But I saw there was a, you could buy it with the cassette tape, which that was like, why would I? I couldn't think of doing that. But <laughs> I couldn't save anything, so I would wait until I would leave it on all night long. Oh jeez. Until until everyone woke up, and then I would print once everybody was up and around. It was hilarious. Oh, God. Yeah, it's the because I was in the bedroom, so if I didn't finish by a certain time, I at least I could save it. I'd have to pull up the next day and print it out. This, was, this wasn't this was even Dot Matrix. This was some sort of weird daisy wheel. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the Atari, wheel. Yeah, the Atari uh, printer, and it was with the holes on the side, so you had to right. feed it up, and then you had to tear all the holes off, you know. Right. Yeah, that was mine too. Mine was too. I think I have mine in the attic somewhere. I don't know. I, yeah, I know mine's in my. I think it's in my parents' attic. I put a lot of stuff up there, and it remained there for you know decades. But that was it. it was just like because the first one he gave me, which is the one that's coming up, the the axe. Yeah. Uh, that was like ooh okay so oh well I don't know if I should <laughs> I guess, I'll tell you now I guess originally that was written. That was supposed to be a killer robot. And I wrote the thing as a killer robot and they were fighting the robot. And that's why Doc was there because it's a robot. And at some point he's going to pull out his, his programs and be able to defeat the robot. Hand in the script. They get notes back. He has too many robots on TV. <laughs> you had the Transformers. You had the GoBots. Uh, everything was a robot. So they said, we got to do something else. And they came, oh, well, why don't you make it a crystal statue of some sort? And I'm like, oh, crimes. So and, and they get into inspiration. I was like, I was really stuck until I remember an old horror movie, The Gollum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Creature yeah. Made of Clay. That became, to the point with a crystal in the head and activating yeah. and everything, that yeah. became my, my sort of template for how this thing was going to go. And it's one of those, yeah, rewrote it, handed it in. It got rewritten quite a bit after I handed it in. They added odd music. What is it? He lands on these music meld pads, and there's like, where did that come from? It's just like so oh, arbitrary. That wasn't you? No, not at all. I don't even know. I don't know what he was shooting for. But I guess because the, uh, the weapon they gave him was the sonic powered axe. Yeah, yeah. So that was, he was trying to do a. Uh, yeah, you know, an audio-based culture that they had stumbled upon. So yeah, so that was uh, that was the first script I wrote for them, and it, it rewrote it and gave it to them. Got heavily rewritten after that, and uh, 
And that's the one, the first one with Doc, and not, well, Doc and Nico, and the Prospector character. Yeah. And that's it. all. I, I fell in love with him, and that's why I made sure I to bring him back every time I, I could. Uh, like one of the things, again, I, I said that they uh, sent us the scripts were uh, the pitches. They gave us the pitches, and we had to write a script based on their description. And he had one thing about the uh, Star Stones. Uh, being discovered on a planet me and another writer had the exact same script or, or pitch he wrote a version I wrote a version right. they, they were so different that he was able to use both of them he okay. he did oh, cool. I, I, he did a school. shaky he, his episode was called shaky and my episode was called boomtown so he did it as a, a chase action with the bandits. I I took it as a, the gold rush type of thing, which is so weird. My, I think I called this like Star Rush, and then they changed the title to Boomtown. I was like, oh, kicking myself. That's so obvious. Boomtown, perfect. And <laughs> so that's and then after we did a couple of them, he was like letting me and John pitch ideas, and we would just we would go and. Uh, going to town on these things and we wrote some together which was fun but it's not profitable because we had to split the check we did not get additional money <laughs> of course of course yeah, oh yeah oh yeah we're writing together and we're splitting the check they couldn't even like round it up or nothing <laughs> but, uh, That's horrible. it was uh but it was up. so that was like a couple of months of intense uh, you know, it's as quick as we could get him in. They would send us another one, and uh, and then just one day it was like, okay, we're, we we got the number of episodes we need. You know, they would send. It, meanwhile, as we're writing them, they're they're uh, they were uh, designing the characters and, and and storyboarding them, and then they'd ship them out to Japan where they were animated. And then one of the things I learned because we got that go into the studio one time. They would dub in the sound afterwards. Every other animation show would do it first, and then they re they would animate to the to the voices. Yes. And we oh. found out later. No, they they were bringing him in. They were like dubbing in all the actors were dubbing in the voices after the fact. So I get that. Wow. This, that I mean, the, the, the end result is surprisingly good. It is. I'm, I'm, I mean, sometimes I feel like maybe they speak a little faster or, or stilted, and obviously it's they're watching to do it and, and try to match it up. But yeah, it, it worked very well. Uh, I got to meet one of the extras. I got to tell the story. On, I got to meet Jerry Orbach years later. Oh, cool. And it was at uh, a Writers Guild of uh, of America East uh, function. I, I was involved with the Writers Guild for a while, and they would have the yearly awards. And one year, he became the presenter. So I tended to do whatever we. The, I was on the committee that worked with this thing, and I would generally stay in the background because I would, you know, help out, but not the. But when they said Jerry Orbach was going to be a presenter, I said, "All right, I have to do the job where you get the babysit." The celebrity lead him into the hall get him to a seat make sure his coat's hung up or whatever and i brought with me the placemat from roy rogers which was doing the promotional stuff for galaxy rangers when it did come out and i got jerry orbach to sign my placemat 
and that's awesome. uh, that, so it was. And as I'm talking to him, his wife goes, "Where do you people come from?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What people? You galaxy? I range of people. I can't believe you. 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 This, the people still talk about this show." And I was like, "I. I wrote on the show, so I don't know who else you're talking about." <laughs> and after that, I. That's and now the internet existed and stuff. And I did some Google searches. Like, holy crap! There's Galaxy Ranger fans still out there. Yeah, she's she's talking about us. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I feel and that's when I met Rabbi Bob. He, there was a a, a a what are they called? Email lists that you yep. get on, and uh, yep. I stumbled onto that. Joined that. That's when I met Rabbi Bob, and cool. uh, all these different people. And they would do oh, was, they found out they were doing fan fiction. They're writing their own episodes of this thing. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is nuts. Yeah, and it's impressive. It's it it's crazy. And then again, this is years after. It's got to be like in the so this this is in the well into the nineties, and uh, I just, I just couldn't believe that there was still people had noticed because it seemed to come and go so fast. Uh, I know we they had we had some uh, script or two. He had some stuff tucked away in case they did get a renewal, and it, it just didn't happen. We were one of those. We were the one toy. I mean, the one cartoon that was not based on a toy. It was not based on previous uh, intellectual property, they call it now, IP. And mm-hmm. so there was nothing. There was no, like, booster rocket to get us to the next level. It was strictly the cartoon had to stand on its own. The, the toys didn't start to exist till into its run, and when push came to shove, they were going to go with you know a, a cartoon that had a better financial backing, a stronger base. Wow! So have they known? I, have they known? I mean, I, I heard that that uh, they had put the the powers that be put Galaxy Rangers up against Thundercats. See, I that I don't remember. Cause, well, it, 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 this was a syndicated show. So at different cities, we put it on at different times. So, you know, I don't know what, you know, in, you know if they did it in Boston one way. In New York, it was on in the morning and uh, like at 8 a.m. So I don't even know. If that's a good time. Kids are getting ready for school. I, I'm not, and it wasn't for it was never meant for little kids. But it was it was I guess you would call it like a family because we were doing stuff for older people. Eight AM. Everybody's already in school. So yeah. Like, I so who they were shooting for. I, again, yeah. But again, with all the content that would you know come out of you, they have to squeeze it in. I'm trying to remember if they did it like a second run in the afternoon after school. I, I can't remember now. I know in Boston it was on two separate channels. Where when I had cable, it would be on um, PIX. Was it? Yeah, New York was on PIX, the channel right, eleven. So, and Thundercats was on the same channel too. Oh, so then it would have been. If it was on the same channel, then they wouldn't be up against one another. That might have been a block. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. also on uh, 38, right? The, it was only Boston. It was on 38, but um, it was on different channels here in, in, in Boston. Oh, so it was both on, it was both on a UHF channel and a VFF yes. channel. Yes. Ah. Yeah. Well, that was it. They would sell it from city to city, whatever station wanted to pick it up. And But I do know they were, they were happy because they did get coverage for most of the country. And so they they thought they had a shot at it, but like you said, what was it? I forget what the big show. Go, I think Ghostbusters came out the same year. Which one? The real the real Ghostbusters. Although they both came out the same time, 
They both came out, but one was the original Ghostbusters, which was based on the old uh, Larry Storch, oh, uh, Forrest original? Tucker Saturday morning uh, show. Yeah. And then the the movie version, and that of course that was huge that movie. So, but they had to call it the real Ghostbusters because there was a copyright on the the the, the old show that was called Ghostbusters. Yeah, by filmation, I know. Yes, filmation. Yes. Yep. Did you know that man? That it was based on some old show that was on TV. Yeah, you, you actually mentioned it in a previous episode. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah. Oh, can, wow. I think I, 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 think I, I remember pay coming attention, up. Jay. Oh my goodness, <laughs> dude! I thought I was just spouting no. animation knowledge for nothing. And he's, uh, <laughs> and he has to listen to it multiple times on the edit. I'm sure. So uh, yes, <laughs> it's amazing how much you retain when you're editing. Something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. sure. I'm sure. All right, guys. I gotta take oh, care of some on. stuff here, so. It was nice chatting with oh, you. Oh yes, I, I, thank you. I, I, thank you for uh, listening to my old war stories. It's just... Of course, I think this might make for uh, like a separate add-on uh, podcast. All right, do you can make this work? Yeah, fire all by all means. Whatever you, whatever you can do with it. Okay, listener, this has been the interview half, part one of the two-part Dan Fiorella supersize special episode. Stay tuned for part two where we review episode 16, The Axe, and Dan's first foray into the world of Galaxy Rangers. Dare I say, funniest episode ever? I dare.